At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote what does every grocery store aisle now have in common Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, folks, what's up? I'm not Dave Ross. I'm John Von Tobel. I'm filling in for today. Amal Shaw is here as well. We've got a good show on tap for you coming up 30 minutes. Steve Mackin is going to be with us, talk a little college football, see what he's looking for for some teams, maybe taking off from an ATS standpoint. But it's a big day, a lot of football, a lot of college football. You know, I've been doing a lot more college football this year, Amal, so screw the pros. We're going to talk about the pros today, but I want to pick your brain on a lot of college football today, huh? <laughs> well, first of all, are you anti-pros because your Colts are off to a blistering 1-1-1 one, one, one start? What is this, the English Premier League for the, your team? Uh, I was going to say, it's all, it's all his plan. Don't worry. It's a slow burn, baby. Uh, it doesn't help that Shaquille Leonard has been out for every single one of these games, but um, you, you don't, don't point out that Shaquille <laughs> Leonard doesn't play offense, and that's mainly the reason why this team stinks. Well, I, I, I got to give you credit. We worked together long enough. You you already knew where I was going. Exactly. Of course. I know where we're going with that. All right. We have a lot of news to get to in the world of the NFL, though, before we get to anything else uh, in college football, because NFL is king. So yes. I wanted to get to a couple of things. First off, a pretty interesting game, because you get the Cleveland Browns on the road against the Atlanta Falcons, and we get news uh, out of the NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Miles Garrett, as we know, in a car accident, shoulder sprain, strained bicep, and a couple of other uh, issues for him injury-wise coming out of that game. He has cleared concussion protocol mall, but uh, availability is in question. So we don't know what's going to happen here. Might miss a game or two, as it's noted, uh, but not a major injury. So we've seen this open up three, down to one and a half. I think you can explain the line move in two things. Uh, one, it's Garrett's status. Right. The other is the Falcons are an undefeated team against the spread and have been a little bit more competitive than the market has given them credit for. Yeah, and I would actually say they've been a lot more competitive. I think when you look at it, they've really had an opportunity to potentially uh, escape with a victory in all three games. The Rams game, they were getting beat fairly well, but opportunity and then Jalen Ramsey with the pick down by the goal line there of Mariota. This team, I think, has surprised at least myself. I, and You alluded to maybe some other people along the way and how efficient and competitive they've been. I didn't expect this, but give them credit. Um, JBT, I, I got to tell you, this is a play if you're a teaser better. I would be yep. looking at taking the Falcons up plus eight, uh, maybe eight and a half, depending on, again, if your teasers are a push and a refund or a push and a loss. So pay attention to that. But for me, the the big thing here is this Browns team, and I like Jac- Jacoby Brissett as a backup, and that's exactly what he is, one or two games. But the fact that he's going to be playing 10 games for you is alarming, and I just think that this team right now just doesn't have that continuity offensively to where, you be- where you're confident laying points on the road. Yeah, so one of the things that I've been bringing up w- with Atlanta, and I've been on it not all three weeks, but a couple of times was on him last week against Seattle, it- it's that 
think a lot of people didn't realize that Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota shared time together in Tennessee, yeah. that this offense was probably going to be a little right. bit better than we expected. And sure enough, I mean, some stats, you can use whatever metrics you want. There's a lot of ways to paint a picture with numbers. Eighth in overall offensive efficiency, that's by DVOA metrics. Ninth in yards per drive so far, 36 yards per drive. It's been a really efficient offense, to your point, here. And if Miles Garrett is not going to be available, do I want to take two? Eh, probably not, right? I want to take like a full three if you could have gotten it. Also, this is the market adjusting somewhat on Atlanta being such a good team. To, to your point, it was going to be tease Atlanta up to eight and yeah. then pair them up with one of the other options that are out there. You can use the Broncos, for example, against the Raiders. You can use the Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think that's the way to approach this with Atlanta. And we'll see. I mean, if Miles Garrett is announced, you'll probably get this probably at about two and a half or so. You can hold out, get that two and a half and tease it up. But I think that's the way to approach this because I think we're approaching the territory mall where the market's caught up from a power rating standpoint on Atlanta. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And I think also the Browns have not shown you a ton where you're confident and mm -hmm. comfortable laying numbers on the road with them at this point in time. So I, I think I'd take a wait-and-see approach. You mentioned that Raiders game. I'm probably opposite of you here. I like the Raiders in this game, despite the fact that everyone continues to hire from the Bill Belichick tree, and we realize nobody can actually coach if they don't bring Tom Brady with them. Uh, I, I think they're in a pretty good spot at home, less than a field goal against this Denver team who's looked anemic on offense. I don't know if it's Russell Wilson has aged overnight. The offensive line is terrible. The receiver play is poor. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think it's a combination of all three. Uh, but this Denver team, to me, does not instill a lot of confidence from a standpoint of taking them less than a field goal on the road. Yeah, and that's why I think they're a teaser option. Yeah. I, I would agree with that sentiment. And the, the Raiders, so they're an interesting team because I have been involved in every single one of their games up to this point. Uh, bet on them in the first week, didn't get there, bet against them each of the last two weeks. And I think the markets had this weird relationship with the Raiders where after that loss to the Chargers, it's been a little too high on them, right? Yeah. You got up to that five and a half, six yeah. against the Arizona Cardinals in that game in week two. And ultimately they were up 20, nothing. They blew it though. And then last week where they go off as a road favorite and they lose outright, never come close to covering that number against the Titans. Uh, this does seem where if you're trying to find like the ebbs and flows of a betting market and trying to see where there is a spot to buy low and pounce on a team, it might be here at home against the Broncos laying underneath a field goal. Yeah, a couple things you brought up that I agree with you on. We got super lucky in the Arizona game. Yeah. All right. I got so annoyed it was twenty nothing. I just went to sleep. And then I, I watched it outside of a crazy horse, uh, crazy horse three. I'll tell you why I was out there. Uh, but it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I knew it was in it the whole time. Never give up. <laughs> you, know, I, I pre you had way more confidence than I did. I've seen Kyler Murray play too much ever since he left Allen High School. He has not been as efficient as you'd like him to be. Uh, you look at this Raiders team. I thought the number was completely wrong going on the road. I thought Tennessee should have been about a two, two and a half point favorite at home. Uh, they get the cover they're catching, too. In this spot now, I think to your point, and you're always very good about this and talking about indicating where the market is, and I think there's an overreaction to the Ra uh, to the Broncos right now getting a home win. This is a team that at eight three and outs, and I get the 49ers have an elite defense, mm -hmm. but still, there's not a lot of things that instill a lot of uh, confidence. Fortunately enough for you know the Broncos, we saw Dan Orlowski part two playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo stepping out of the back. Yeah, he of the did end it on zone. purpose because he knew he was about to throw a pick six. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I, and I think so. When we're looking at this, I would say the one thing that worries you, I think, about the Las Vegas Raiders is the fact that this offense has not looked anywhere near as good as it probably should be with Devontae Adams. The connection between Carr and Adams has not been great. Uh, the catch rate for Adams uh, has not been anywhere near what it was when yeah. Aaron Rodgers was targeting him back in his days in Green Bay. And the thing that worries you too, all the red zone defense or offense has been atrocious, well into the bottom half of the league. You saw it pop up again against the Titans where they throw an interception in the end zone when they're driving really late against Tennessee. And they were one for 12 on third downs last week against the Tennessee Titans, a team which, by the way, multiple metrics, whether you want to use classic yards per play, DVOA, whatever it is, 20s across the board, Tennessee defensively, and they could get nothing against them on third downs. Yeah, I think, speaking of which, against your Colts this weekend, I think the Titans are going to have a hard time. I'd like it for the Titans to win this game, but I think it's going to be a challenge for them. Yeah. But getting back to the point you made about the Raiders, absolutely. I thought they missed some opportunities in that game. Uh, this is going to be a team that it's going to be difficult to see a scenario in which they find themselves getting into the postseason. But again, still a long season, got 14 games remaining. Let's see if they can get on track in a division opponent against this Denver team. And with the injuries that have beset the Chargers right now, Rashawn Slater being out for the year, tremendous uh, offensive alignment for them. Joey Bosa, to me, looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Don't mm -hmm. know exactly what the scenario is going to be. But I, I think this is an opportunity for this team's to, team to get on track. You've got the Broncos. You're at Kansas City next week. It won't be easy. But, JBT, if they can pull out these two games – 
You're right, back in the mix, 2-1 and one in the division itself. Then you got yep. the Texans at Saints and at Jaguars. Not, not going to be easy games, but still opportunities to be able to win games. All right, let's hit you with some news when it comes to the quarterback situations for multiple teams, first of which is uh, the New York Jets, their savior is back. Zach Wilson is medically cleared to play. Looks like he is going to get the start here against the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. And I don't think there's really... I made this case uh, for week one, and it didn't ultimately work out. It saw, looked a little bit better in the, consecutive, the, the week following. I don't think there is much of a difference between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson at this point, so I don't think you're going to see much of an adjustment from a point spread perspective. And this number has been floating around three, minus 120, pretty much everywhere you're looking at this point right now, or some spots open minus three and a half, shaded to the uh, underdog side at minus 120. So there's not going to be a real adjustment here with the Wilson news. Does it do anything for you here against the Steelers on the road? No, it doesn't, but I want to ask you a question because I didn't watch a ton of Wilson last year. What is your take or your assessment on him so far through a, through one season in the National Football League? So one of the things that actually got some heat over this, even I don't know why, uh, it was that in some spots, like, you can see when quarterbacks don't perform that well statistically, there's at least like tiny little bright spots, right? There's two or three things that they do relatively well sure. that you can point to and say, hey, if they build on that or if they expand, like there are things that you can look at. For Wilson, if you go back to last year, Mo, like there was really nothing positive in any of his passing numbers that made you think that he was going to perform very well, like in any way whatsoever. Committed a pretty high rate of turnover-worthy plays. He committed a turnover-worthy play on 3.8% of his passing attempts. Uh, he wasn't dynamic in terms of big plays himself. I just feel like when you looked everywhere, under pressure, against the blitz, there was no real positives in his game, and I think that leaves you a little bit – it's a big worrisome sign that there's no real positive aspects of his game in one year. Yeah, the thing that concerns me a little bit from a Jets standpoint is I thought Joe Flacco and Garrett Wilson were developing a bit of a rapport, and as much as I've been critical of Flacco being a human statue, his arm strength still overcomes a lot of things, mm-hmm. and he could get the ball in spots that I'm not sure Garrett, excuse me, Zach Wilson would necessarily be able to do. Uh, this is a good opportunity if you're the Jets, though, to be able to get a road win here. You're playing a team in Pittsburgh that's challenged offensively, bad offensive line play, impacts Najee's ability to run the football. And Trubisky, uh, look, I'm not saying by any stretch my Trubisky guy. D- don't misconstrue what I'm about to say. But I think he's been put in some bad situations. The Bears, when you look at Justin Fields, he has been hit the most of any quarterback in the National Football League in the last season plus. And you look at Trubisky, he was in a bad offense there with um, Matt Nagy. Now in Pittsburgh, you've got no offensive line play. He's a guy you got to get on on waggles and bootlegs. I don't know if they necessarily do that enough. He's not necessarily a pocket guy. So I think this is a game where the Jets could potentially come in on the road and get one at Heinz Field. Yeah, so I'm what I'm interested in is the game plan for New York. Mm-hmm. Do you know who leads the league in passing attempts and dropbacks this year? I do not. Joe Flacco. They've been dropping him back like crazy on offense through these first three weeks of the season. And I wonder if that is by necessity because they can't really run the ball that well, or if it's something with Joe Flacco that they see they have some confidence in. Like Flacco has not been any good, and you wonder if a guy coming back from injury, if they're going to drop him back that often like they were doing with Flacco. It's a great question. And uh, by the way, I, the answer I had a feeling was going to be the Jets. Right. Because it's like, you know, when they ask you that ABC trivia question on the game, yeah. you always know it involves we're one also, of the two teams. We're also talking about the them. Jets. I wouldn't yeah. be like, it's Ryan Tannehill, actually. <laughs> That's like, exactly. You know yeah. I mean? like, it wouldn't have anything <laughs> to do with what we're discussing here. Uh, but I, I'm really fascinated to see what the game plan is going to be here for the Jets uh, as we kind of look at what they've done up to this point. It'll be very interesting to see if they continue to drop Wilson back. The other news, too, uh, Jameis Winston did not practice, was held out of practice on Wednesday. So that's going to be something to monitor. We know that he is dealing with uh, a back injury. And Belichick says Mac Jones is day-to-day, swears up and down that he's day-to-day, and he's not going to miss time. Aren't we all day-to-day? Very true. Very true. Life is tough. Uh, Maybe we can expand on the Mac Jones thing, because I've been very down on the Patriots up to this point. And uh, uh, maybe, just maybe, might still be down on them, even though they're a big underdog. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. we got win total updates in the NFC and more here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, folks, make sure if you're out there, get ready for the football season, even though it's underway. You don't have to get ready. Get even more prepared week to week. VSIN Pro is the way to go. You get full access to everything we do. It includes our daily picks at a glance, pro tools, and more. Sign up now. Get our discounted football special, VEASAN Pro. Everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175. Every time I do this read, I stress. Remember, football is not the only thing going on. You know what comes out in about a week? The NHL betting guide. You know what I'm wrapping up this week? The NBA betting guide. You know what we start work on after that, all The college basketball betting guide. This is the best time of year, and it's the best time to sign up because you get all of that, not just football stuff, when you sign up for a VEASAN Pro subscription. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options. It's a busy time of year, Amal. It's my favorite time of year. I'm a big winter guy, you know? The sports, it's the joy. It's because you lived in Vegas your whole life. If you lived in any cold climate, you'd be a big spring and summer guy. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I see footage of people, like, living out in, like, a St. Paul, Minnesota. And, like, I wonder, like, when their ancestors came along, were like, yeah, this is the spot. I'm going to settle here. <laughs> this snow, it's disgusting, it's rainy, and it's very cold. Let's raise our family. Never really understood it. Didn't really understand it out here, though, because the summer is kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, let's talk about one of those terrible places in the winter. Green Bay, also New England. <laughs> the Packers are a two-point or ten-point favorite. I wish they were a two-point favorite. Over the New England Patriots here, second time this year that the Packers have been laying this number. They laid it against the Chicago Bears, took care of business on that Sunday night yeah. uh, in week two. Total of 40. So Bill Belichick is swearing up and down, and I think it is some gamesmanship here. Part of media availability, uh, availability today, he told the media, oh, no, 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 Max, Max day to day. Even though it was reported as high ankle sprain, he was carried off like Paul Pierce, uh, <laughs> right? He looked, by the way, looked like he was almost crying. And I'm not, I'm not knocking him. I think it was a very painful injury for Mac Jones. Right. The Belichick is swearing up and down that he is day-to-day and leaving the door open for him to potentially play this weekend as opposed to Brian Hoyer for New England. Yeah, well, I mean, it's depressing if you got to put in a game plan and it involves Brian Hoyer. His I mean, long, I, I, lost I, his last 11 starts. Go with Bailey. Right? Yeah, I, give the young gun a shot. Western Kentucky kid, Bailey Zappi, give him an opportunity. Threw the ball for about a million yards last year at WKU. Um, but, you know, you look at this team right now, same line as we saw with the Chicago Bears. I think the Patriots, even with Brian Hoyer, are still appreciably better than the Bears. Yeah. I'm a little bit surprised by this number here. Um, this Green Bay team, what do you make of them? I, I think defensively they're far better than they get credit for. But I think offensively, they're a bit challenged. Until they get on track, I think it's hard to back them laying large numbers. So the case that I've been making for Green Bay has been that um, 
that they are finding their identity on offense. So I've been on them consecutive weeks in some form or fashion. I, I bet them against Chicago in that Sunday night game, used them as part of a teaser last weekend, and it was because you're starting to see the shift, right? Week one, I think Aaron Jones had a total of eight or nine touches against the Minnesota Vikings, 18 in week two, and you're starting to see him and A.J. Dillon, yeah. more two-back sets. And I think you're starting to realize from Green Bay's perspective that they understand our strength is not our passing game right now. Our best wide receiver is a young kid in Romeo Dubs, or it's going to be Alan Lazard when he's fully healthy. And actually, Dubs is actually pretty good. Uh, but still, they're kind of understanding that instead of being the team of the past, let's rely on our defense, which yep. is relatively solid up front, and let's rely on our running backs to create a little bit more of a different identity. It's why these games have gone under the total. You see on that graphic there, right? Perfect 3-0 and to the under for Green Bay because they're starting to play this different style of football. And I, I feel like in a matchup like this, with Brian Hoyer, I actually don't know if there was much of a difference between Chicago and New England with Brian Hoyer. And that, but that comes from somebody who bet New England under their win total coming into the year, thought very low of New England coming into the season overall in general with Mac Jones. Yeah. So I could be slanted in my view there. But I think this is a team ball that has struggled greatly offensively. That's with Mac Jones, at quarterback, is going to struggle even more with Brian Hoyer taking on a team that, kind of like what they did last week, just wants to sit on your chest like the schoolyard bully and just sit there and just suffocate you for the most part. I, I like the analogy, but you're absolutely right. This team in New England's got some serious deficiencies, and we continue to see it week to week. You know, they were fortunate enough to get the game against the Steelers. You mentioned how much they struggle. I didn't like the two plays against Miami on fourth down where they threw the ball deep in scenarios where I thought, hey, it's fourth and three. Get the first down. Stop trying to go for a 40-yard well, touchdown. Not to cut you off, if you watch New England so far, that's their offense. Yeah. Like Devontae Parker last week, I think he had, what, five receptions for like 156 yards, something ridiculous like that. Their offense is let's get one-on-one -on -one coverage and throw it up to Aguilar or Parker and let's hope that they can make a miraculous play along the sideline or in the end zone to get this thing going. Like, they're operating in chunk plays, but it's not explosiveness. It's just 50-50 balls that they've been winning so far. Yeah, I'm not convinced that Brian Hoare is going to try to throw the ball right. past the sticks, even if it's on third and you know third and ten. Um, but this is going to be an interesting matchup here. I, I think sometimes where New England, though, can be pretty good is when they're kind of seen as a down team, and now in this spot getting 10 points here, this number could be fairly interesting in terms of how this game plays out. But a stay-away game for me here. I just think there's some better games out there than this one. Um, we do have a little bit of breaking news from about 10 minutes ago. I want to mention this, and this is the biggest game of the weekend. I think from a narrative standpoint, uh, Minneapolis has been chosen as a contingency site if Kansas City and Tampa Bay uh, has to relocate due to Hurricane Ian. So that comes down about 20 minutes ago or so. So uh, that is going to be relatively big news. Also, it's always worth mentioning, uh, make sure you check your book rules because if you bet on something like I have, I bet Tampa Bay pretty early in the week, make sure that, that still goes. Uh, if your house rules say, ah, change site, location, anything like that, the bet is void. So make sure you monitor that. But regardless, we have a neutral site setting if they have to relocate between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Do you have anything on this game? I, I do not. Um, you know, numbers come down to one right now. So this is going to kind of be a wait-and-see approach. I did look at the weather in Tampa on Sunday. The rain is expected to stop on Saturday. So yeah. we'll see what happens. So I hope everybody in southwest Florida is safe over there because it uh, looks like Hurricane Ian is making a direct target there probably tonight. So we'll see what happens here, but you've got to pay attention to that one. If they play in Minnesota, I think it only bodes well for the Chiefs. You're in a dome stadium. You're on that fast field turf there, so we'll see what happens here. This is an important game for both teams. Kansas City potentially falling to 2-2 two and two in the Buccaneers, same scenario. So um, I think both of these teams have some questions about what they are and who they are in certain capacities. This would be a pretty good game, especially for Sunday night. So this is uh, the first bet I made of the weekend, and I'm hoping uh, that nothing happens here with my number. I've got Tampa Bay plus three here against uh, the Chiefs. And I'll put it this way, too. First off, at the beginning of the year, before the season starts, what's this yeah. number? Uh, probably. Bucks. Probably. Minus two and a half, three? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Either way, the Buccaneers are favored. The market's kind of freaking out because these first few weeks have not looked good for Tampa Bay offensively. But it hasn't been because the team has been overvalued or poor. It's because they've been really injured. Todd Bowles last weekend, this past weekend, uh, said that if Julio Jones had to play, like if it was a playoff game, it would have been available against Green Bay. They just wanted to hold him out to uh, avoid further injury. Sounds like he's going to be available. Fournette, by all accounts, is healthier than he's been at the beginning of the season. This team is going to start to get healthy, I think, uh, as we enter this game. I think that's why we've kind of seen the support here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the window. And Tampa Bay's still really good defensively. <laughs> like if you look at everything they can yeah. do, I think this is a, a classic example of the betting market, freaking out over results from the first few weeks and not taking into account what has happened with Tampa Bay and realizing that once they start to get healthy, they're probably going to get better. Cole Beasley had like three catches or targets in the game against the Green Bay Packers. They signed him off the street two days ago. 
Yeah, no, to your point, I think there's a couple of factors that have impacted this team. You mentioned Evans was suspended the last game yep. against the uh, Green Bay Packers for the incident with Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, obviously, uh, Chris Godwin being out is a big blow. But the one thing I would push back on is Julio Jones. And I understand what Todd Bowles said, but this guy who had 31 catches last year. I think Julio Jones, kind of like a carton of milk, is past his expiration date. Didn't look past his expiration date against Dallas Cowboys. Well, I, Week I, one, he was great. You know, listen, he played well, but still overall, I just don't think he's a guy you're going to necessarily be dependent upon long-term in terms of what he can do for you if you're going to be able to win games. Um, the other thing is the, where the biggest difference for me with Tampa right now is the offensive line play. Mm-hmm. I think the offensive line is not near what it was. We've seen a couple of injuries have an impact on that, and I just don't know until they can get on track there because Brady, the one thing that's no longer applicable is one thing I really respect about Tom Brady is he would stand in the pocket and he would take the shot to get that extra half a second to be able to deliver the pass. Now this guy just drops like a bag of bricks into water. (laughs) I want to pull this up because I thought this number was really interesting. Uh, Rushing play percentage. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now have run on 41.4% of their plays so far offensively. Last year, that rate was 33.5%. If that's not an indication of that, they're really banged up and they don't trust their wide receivers at this point, right? That's a really good, I think, stat to point to. And I think as you start to see them, uh, kind of get a little bit healthier, you're going to start to see them shy away from that really run-first mentality and open it up a little bit more. And I think this might be the first game in which we see it. Are, are you a Leonard Fournette guy? Kind of. I mean, I kind of hate him because he <laughs> lost me a lot of money in the Super Contest last year with that touchdown run against the Colts. Um, but I think, like, I get it. I get what the Buccaneers are trying to do with him. I'll, I'll put it like that. I, I don't have a problem with that, but, I mean, this is a guy who was a top-five pick coming out of LSU, looked like Tarzan, half the time plays like Jane. You know, to me, he's one of these guys that there was a lot of hype surrounding him, and I don't think he's ever come close to living up to that. He has a couple of good games, and all of a sudden, playoff Lenny. What the hell is that? Give me a break. I, I, this uh, is not a guy who's toting the rock three times, and he's getting a buck fifty every time in every game. I am kind of surprised that they use him as much as they do because he's not as great out of the backfield yeah. as Tom Brady backs generally are. Yeah, It's actually, I have a, and it's probably not going to get there, I have a 40 to one ticket on Rashad White, their uh, offensive, their uh, their young rookie in the backfield, because I figured he would start to eat some of the carries because he's a little bit better out of the backfield, a little more balanced in his approach. Hasn't really been the case, so I think it's kind of a weird fit, but you kind of get it to a certain extent, you know. I hear what you're yeah. saying, uh, but this team, again, you mentioned it. They've been beset by injuries, and we'll have to really evaluate them when you get there. By the way, though, if this game gets moved to Minnesota, I think you get a much, I think you get a better number than three. Is this a potential N- neutral? Well, because if you're giving them credit no, for being right. at home, if it was open at three, don't they have to be four in Minnesota? I mean, not really. I think home field has been worth about a point and a half now. I don't think you're getting that much of an adjustment. We'll have to talk. We'll, we'll extend on that conversation uh, maybe on the other side because Steve Mackinnon is going to join us next to talk a little bit more about some of these uh, college teams and which ones are set to take off from an against-the-spread standpoint. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to this segment of VSIN Big Bets presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take the first step toward change, Zinn's going to be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com at ZYN.com. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, we're back here. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Dave Ross. I'm all Shaw alongside in his normal spot. Let's bring in Steve Mackinnon, uh, one of the masterminds that you can find all of his work up on vsin.com. Steve, it's always good to talk to you, pal. Uh, I wanted to start first off, uh, before we get to college football and your article up there, um, we were talking about this and we had to get out quick. Home field in the National Football League, what is it in your mind when you make your ratings and when you're making your numbers? What do you use for home field this year? Uh, I'm about 1.2 points right now. Uh, I, ironically, I'm, I'm actually scheduled to study this completely again in a couple weeks. So uh, we'll see how far it's gone or where it's going for both college and pro but uh, certainly right now in pro, you can't be doing a whole lot more than a point and a half. Okay, yeah, because we were talking about a neutral site has been set in case Tampa Bay and Kansas City need to move, uh, and that would be in Minnesota, thus a neutral site. Uh, and that's what Amal and I were discussing. I had it about a point and a half, so you got it at 1.2, uh, and I think that's kind of the case for home field right now. be interesting to see where the market goes here for that number because Kansas City's crashed down to a one-point favorite in Tampa Bay. So I'd assume we're talking like two and a half if it moves to Minnesota. 
Well, yeah, you'd have to think so. A team like Tampa Bay would typically maybe have a little bit more than the average home NFL team. So I would say a point and a half is fair in your assessment. All right. Uh, let's go to the website then, vcin.com. Headline, uncovering potential big money college football teams for 2022. So give us an oversight here uh, as we're kind of narrowing the list, as you put in your article, for potential ATS breakout teams for 2022. Yeah, so one of the types of analysis, if you want to say, uh, I like to use is a thing I call shared traits. So what I'll do is I'll go back and I'll look at past if I'm looking to find, let's say, for this particular article, what which teams uh, did the best in college football against the spread uh, over the last 10 seasons? I, I went and grabbed those teams. I want to know what those teams had, uh, what their characteristics were at this time of year uh, that led them to that eventual very strong season. So what I did for this particular article is I went back and looked at those 10 years of teams that finished over 75% against the spread uh, which obviously it leaves plenty of room now, even if they're foreign organs to spread to take advantage of. And I want to compare them to the teams that we're looking at in 2022 with that potential. I see you've got uh, Penn State among them, Tennessee, Air Force, Alabama, Florida State among the top five teams you've got listed here. Uh, tell me a little bit about in terms of when you look at some of these teams like Alabama, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, maybe even throw in Clemson and USC. There's such large numbers in some of these matchups. Does that, for you personally, does that have an impact? Because I look at Ohio State, they covered two games against Wisconsin and against Toledo comfortably. The one against Arkansas State, they didn't. But I, I always sit there and say some of these numbers are hard to cover when you're laying 39 points like the Buckeyes are against Rutgers. Well, yeah, Maul, in terms of what I'm looking for in this particular piece, this is hard to, it's hard to become a big money college football team, a team that wins 75% of their game against the spread if they're laying huge numbers. What I'm really looking for are teams sort of, if you want to call it, flying below the radar a little bit. They're not getting those huge spreads, but they're still getting the job done. And in the process of, of winning games and covering games, they're building momentum. They're becoming galvanized. They're becoming a cohesive team that you want to back for the uh, duration of the season. So, Steve, the, the, the two teams that fit the criteria perfectly are Penn State and Tennessee, right? That's correct. Now, so the first thing you got to consider here is trait one and two. You have to have a winning record right now, and you have to have a winning spread record right now. If you look back at the 45 teams that were 75% or better at this point over the last decade, they all, all but a few sparse examples in there met that criteria. So if, if you see a team two and two now, I basically didn't even consider them uh, two and two a spread or outright. So. Uh, that's a great place to start. And then there's several other traits that uh, these teams, uh, Tennessee and Penn State, meet perfectly right now. I like it. You know, I'm looking through your traits, and I'm sure you went through all of these. I mean, off the top of my head, there's UNLV Rebels, man. Come on. They, they fit a lot of these traits. Uh, wh where are they on the chart? Let me take a quick look. <laughs> I, 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 they were actually on considera of consideration because yep. uh, of the way they've started. So they're missing out. On the defense, allowing fewer than 20 points per game right now. Yep. And they're also missing out on uh, – they have a new offensive coordinator this year that typically doesn't uh, bode for a, a real long duration of run of great play because the more film gets out on a team, the worse chance of that team covering uh, more consistently down the stretch. So let's talk about one of the teams uh, that you did include in the um... – the other 10 teams that meet criteria in six of the seven, uh, Air Force. Uh, which criteria did the Falcons not meet? And the reason I bring them up is you and them all talked about laying some pretty big numbers. Well, the market really likes this Air Force team, and they've been laying some pretty big numbers so far, even in conference play. They failed to cover one of them, losing outright to Wyoming, took care of business against Nevada, but this is a highly power-rated team. Okay, so that what Maul talked about is perfect for Air Force right now. You can't really fly below the radar if you were a very good team last season. So I, I, most of the teams that had these big ATS seasons were 66.7% winning percentage or worse the prior season. So they weren't a powerhouse the year before, and they don't come in with the commanding the respect that they did at the end of last season. Okay, I like it. Steve, I want to ask you about a team, and I'm sorry to do this to you, but you got to talk about them. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, they're playing terrific football. You look at the schedule, they get only the big, out of the big three in the East Division, they only wind up with Penn State. 
this team's got a real potential to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Uh, they meet your criteria in terms of, I believe, six of these. They're 4 and 0 right now. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts about the Gophers because this team with PJ Fleck is really going in the right direction. Love Mohamed Ibrahim running the football for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, Omar, because if you look back before Ibrahim got hurt last year, they were they were showing signs of being the team they are playing as right now. When, once he went out, it was kind of a big blow to that offense. They got, a, I, I believe, Tanner Morgan's on his, like, 17th season at Minnesota, so they got a veteran quarterback. And uh, they they have a lot of good things going from They're running, running it down the throat of anybody who steps in front of them. So uh, I, I would agree with you. Steve Mackin with us talking about some of the uh, big money teams that you can see going forward here in college football. The two, of course, to reiterate, Penn State and Tennessee are top candidates, but there's quite a few. I wanted to bring you to one uh, that I found pretty interesting because offensively they have been checking a lot of boxes, uh, Minnesota. So what, what makes the difference here for Minnesota? I would think I know that one of them is not the same offensive coordinator from last year, Kirk Shiraka, but he comes back from two years ago uh, when Tanner Morgan was fantastic. Would that be one of the criteria they didn't fit? Yeah, ex- them too, and they were a good team last year. Yep. Uh, what nine and four, I think, or whatever it was they, they were. They, so they didn't meet that box. So uh, again, a, a team that uh, very respected. Although, like here, said so they were thirty-six point favorite in one game this season. But uh, other than that, I mean, the, their numbers and, and they're playing bad teams. Let's yep. not let's not mistake ourselves here. Uh, their numbers they don't get up to the res, the res, respect level of the teams that in the Big Ten East division. So, wow, we'll see we'll see how it goes down the stretch if they continue to build up these types of numbers that they're putting together. Steve, I want to ask you about two teams that you have as potential big money qualifiers, and they're both on the road this weekend. Tulane at Houston. Uh, this team goes on the road and knocks off Kansas State in an impressive win. And then Washington, who's 4-0. And by the way, Washington's only given up two sacks so far on the year. I think a little bit attributable to the fact that Michael Penix is so mobile. Uh, tell me your thoughts on these two teams. They've got interesting matchups this weekend. Washington laying a field goal on the road at the Rose Bowl and Tulane catching two and a half down at Houston. You know, uh, to, unfortunately for Tulane, they <laughs> lost the game they should have won yeah. last week. Uh, they would have been four and zero, probably uh, at least straight up, maybe against the spread as well if they would have put it together a better outfit. But however, that may bode well for them meeting this big money criteria because there's there continues to be doubters. So Amen. that typically that typically lends well to a team maybe doing well against the spread over the course of a season. Uh, so I wouldn't discount uh, Houston's underperforming. Let, let's be honest uh, about it. They're, they're underperforming this season. I wouldn't discount Tulane's chances to get a win on Saturday. Uh, as far as, uh, Sorry, as, far as Washington off, is concerned, uh, hey, uh, maybe one, one of the more underrated teams at this time. They've changed a lot since last season. So that's why they have a couple check marks out there, but uh, but. They're obviously off to a great start in the early going here. And uh, as long as they continue to stay maybe in that, uh, what I have a mid, mid to low 50s power rating, they're capable of winning and covering a lot of games. Steve, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time today. Awesome article. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Vsin.com. You can find up all the work from Steve's work and uh, much more, especially if you're a pro subscriber. Hit it up, vsin.com slash subscribe. Yeah, we were talking about that off the air with those Golden Gophers. They got a lot of wins coming. That schedule works out really well for them. Yeah, listen, if they don't go 10-2 at, at the very least, and if they beat Wisconsin, they're looking at 11-1. Uh, it would be a failure to me this year. Yep. All right, we come back. we got plenty left to get to here on uh, VEASAN Big Bets. we got a lot more NFL and more of these college games, too. Some pretty fascinating spots this coming weekend in the world of college football. Maybe some teams that the market's a little high on and some interesting situations, like how does Oregon State handle the comeback uh, after losing to USC, taking on Utah? All that and more here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace up for week four with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Better Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Let's bring um, let's bring this forward here with our college football discussion. Week 5 is upon us. I was, it's funny. I was looking at the slate on Sunday. Um, is, Friday a, is Friday a holiday? There's, I just, a, there's a lot of games, games on Friday. Five games on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering the same thing. Usually that doesn't happen unless it's like a Friday holiday or whatnot, but it's a really good slate on Friday. Uh, some interesting matchups. I wanted to start in the Pac-12 because Washington's on the road against UCLA, and I actually got to talk to you over the weekend about a couple of these games. We had you on the College Football Line Show. Yeah. Um, and you brought up, you know, I always look for instances in which the market might be you know, kind of like over their skis a little bit, right? It's been good results for one team, so the market kind of swings too far in one direction. Washington could potentially be that team. You know, if you look at some of the EPA numbers for UCLA, uh, one of the things that sticks out about the Bruins Mall is that their defense has actually been a little ahead of their offense up to this point. From an EPA per play standpoint, actually the 13th best defense in the country. Now, you can evaluate by schedule two and wait it a little bit, but it does seem that UCLA is a little better defensively. And now you're talking about back at home against the Washington team that the market has seemingly loved here for the last couple of weeks. Big win over Michigan State. Get to beat up on Stanford. Is the market going a little too high here, making this two and a half, three for the Huskies? No, I think this number's right where it should be. Okay. I think Washington's had a better ch- uh, schedule. And the other thing I'd push back on the defensive numbers on the Bruins is this. You've had the opportunity to face off against Alabama State, which is an FCS program, and then that vaunted, Colorado Buffalo's offense led by head right. coach Carl Durrell, okay. who's NFL in Boulder. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, this team is just horrific offensively. That's the Buffaloes. They were fortunate enough to even get 10 points in that first half against the Bruins. This could be an interesting game. The one thing mm, I would look leave at. leave out South Alabama, huh? I think the Jaguars are a pretty good team. No, no, no. I think the Jaguars are a pretty good team. That's why yeah. I did not mention them. So um, they, they put up 32 against the Bruins there. I'm sorry, 31 in that one. But, you know, this is a game I would look at the total. It's 65. Both teams have been sacked a combined five times this year. Yep. Really done a nice job from the offensive line, but the mobility of both these quarterbacks. DTR for UCLA, Michael Penix, the Indiana transfer for Washington. I think you'll see uh, the ability to score on both sides of the ball here. 
It should be a higher-scoring game. You expect the Washington to improve drastically once Kalen DeBoer took over. We've seen it so far. UCLA has scored at least 32 points in every game, 45 and three of their four games so far this year. And the defense, you mentioned it, but I think there's some flaws there as well. So I think this is one that's going to be entertaining. A little bit of a late start on the East Coast at 10:30 Eastern, but should be a good one. Yeah, and that's I, I do wonder. So one of the things that I've had to improve on as a college handicapper, uh, both in hoops and in football, is weighing situations a little bit more. And when you get to start the first four games at home, like Washington has, then to go on the road for the first time against a similarly rated team potentially in UCLA, you know, and then now in the role of a field goal favorite, that's where I was gravitating toward the Bruins here in this spot. I, I get your point, UCLA being at home now. I would push back with this a little bit. The Bruins don't have the same home field advantage that yep. they once had at the Rose Bowl. It has been an anemic attendance figures. It's an arduous trip all the way down to L.A. from Washington, no? no. The two-hour the two <laughs> fight. Hey, Sorry, listen, Kevin. let me tell you something. Everybody doesn't get the comfort of having to go to the University of Hawaii and cover games like you do, buddy. <laughs> Never been to it. I uh, cannot wait. Cannot wait. Although, I'm not a big fan of flying over the ocean. That kind of freaks me out a little bit. All well, right. Wait, listen, if you're in a plane, if it's going down, the great news, you're going to die. There's nothing to worry about. It's either you're going to die or you're going to land nah, safely. But like, if it like lands in the water and it's one of those where I'm like, you're you not know, coming back. Like it's point break. You're, like, no, you know, you're like, not coming back. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> My lips get all chapped. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Um, quarterbacks. Obviously, the needle mover when it comes to power ratings. Mm-hmm. How much of a needle mover is Aiden O'Connell? Because we talked a little bit about Minnesota. Yep. Well, Minnesota is a relatively large favorite here against Purdue. How much does this number come down in favor of the Boilermakers if Aiden O'Connell can play this weekend? It's a big difference. You know, to me, no disrespect to Austin Burton, but he's just not the guy in terms of what you want on a Purdue offensively. But the bigger challenge for this Boilermaker team is going to be defensively. Yep. Can they slow down Tanner Morgan? Can they slow down Muhammad Ibrahim and this Minnesota offensive line? And then, JBT, you and I were talking before in terms of offensive efficiency. Minnesota's right up there among the best in college football. But for me, the thing I would point out is this Gophers defense. They have been tremendous. I believe they're number two in the nation in terms of points allowed, just one point behind the Iowa Hawkeyes. So far this year, they've given up 24 points. If you like these advanced metrics that I like to talk about, and again, you know, they haven't faced the best offenses right. in the world. Uh, they, lead the, they lead the country in EPA per play on defense. Well, again, one theme that seems to resonate right now is this is another team that's faced the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah. Buffalo's scored seven yeah, points against point, yeah. the Gophers, and so you see that. And you mentioned Michigan State. Washington did a good job against them defensively as well, uh, but I think you're correct on that. It's still overall, though, in college football, when you limit opponents to 0-10, 7-7, that's an impressive job in my opinion. And I think uh, you look at this Minnesota team – I, guys, I really believe this total, if Aiden O'Connell doesn't play, is going to come down. I think it's high. I don't see Purdue potentially getting to about 24 points in this game. or That's going to be a little bit of an optimistic number, but uh, say 20 in this game against Minnesota. I think the Gophers are just too good defensively right now. Uh, the other quarterback, well, I mean, there's no news, so I do wonder what's going to happen here. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian's playing games last weekend, right? Brings Quinn Ewers on the trip to Lubbock. He dresses. He's out there on the field warming up. Ultimately doesn't a play and appear. Hudson Carr plays in that overtime loss to the Red Raiders. Well, now they're back at home against West Virginia. What does Quinn Ewers do for a line if he's supposedly going to play? We haven't had any update in any way whatsoever, I would assume. Yeah. If you're making the trip, dressing, and warming up, you're pretty close to coming back. Well, I believe Quinn Ewers is going to play, and here's the reason why. Because the following weekend, is the second Saturday in October, is the Red River. Yeah. And you want him for that game if you're going to beat OU in Dallas. And I think this is a good opportunity to get a test against West Virginia. Um this Mountaineers team, I think, is good. I like them with JT Daniels. Not a great team. I think they'll compete. But I think uh, Bijan Robinson overcomes that fumble he had last week up in Lubbock in the last in overtime in that game. I think Texas comes through in this game. I, I have to tell you, JBT, I believe this line ticks up as we get towards kickoff. Yep. But I like the hook'em horns here. I think they cover the number. Oh, if viewers plays, I would assume we're getting to the very least like 11 and a half or something. I, I was going to go say 12. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, and Because here's the thing about the betting market, too. I think this number with Texas minus 10 is saying Quinn Ewers is probably going to play. Right. And once it's officially official, that will then tick back up and we'll see another move here in the market. Again, talking about that 11 and a half, 12 mark that, that I'm thinking of here. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But two quarterbacks that are very much at the front and center in terms of injury news this weekend. Yeah, absolutely right. And one thing I'd push back on the Mountaineers right now when you yeah. look at this team is offensively, excuse me, defensively, they've still got some issues. Pitt put up 38 against them, including overtime. Kansas puts up 55, 42 in regulation. They beat Towson and they beat Virginia Tech. 
And if you've watched Virginia Tech play at all, Wells shouldn't be a quarterback anywhere outside of high school football. And this is a team that I just don't think is that good. They, they'll be able to score a few points. I just think Texas is a far better team than I anticipated coming into the season. I think this is a good football team. I think they're going to cover the number, even if it gets to 12 against the Mountaineers. All right, I, uh, let's go to the game that I am most excited about. If I'm ranking the games that I want to watch this weekend, the sneaky, sexy game for me, Oklahoma on the road against TCU. Oh, that's, that's a great game. Sonny Dykes has done a really good job with the TCU team. Remember, TCU had, I think, 17 guys coming back this year, and that was the question is, would the Horned Frogs be a little bit pluckier than initially thought? And that has been the case. Problem is, their defense hasn't been very good, but this is just kind of the team we expected. Oklahoma coming off the loss to Adrian Martinez and the Kansas State Wildcats. So we saw this number. I think I got on my screen. I think this opened up them all pretty low. I'm going to double-check where I've got it. Yeah, four in favor of the Sooners. We're up to six and a half. I got to tell you, if this gets to a full seven, I think I will be a Horned Frog fan this weekend. Yeah, this is a TCU team that traditionally has played Oklahoma very tough. They've won in Norman in the past. This would be an interesting matchup here now at Amon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. You mentioned it getting six and a half. They were terrific for the first quarter and a half against SMU, and then the offense disappeared a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the second I, half wasn't very great for them. No, yeah. absolutely right. I like Max Dugan under center for this team, and you mentioned Dykes, tremendous play caller. But you're going to get an angry Oklahoma team coming off that home loss uh, at home in Norman against K-State here. But a revenge spot for TCU. They got embarrassed last year. They got beat 52-31 in this game. Uh, this is the game I'm going to stay away from, but I, I have to tell you this noon window, probably the best game among the games at noon Eastern, but potentially the best game of the day in terms of just watching. Should be very entertaining. Yeah, not surprising either. We saw this total open up 66.5 on Sunday. We're up to 68.5. Uh, both of the two teams, by the way, that if you look at the metrics for them, uh, 81st and 88th in terms of EPA per player in that range. So uh, hasn't been very good for either team when it comes to their defensive play, but two incredible offenses up to this point statistically. Uh, should be, it looks like on the surface at least, a shootout between these two. All right, other games. Situationally, what do we do with the Beavers? Hard-fought game against USC last weekend. The the game that closed with a total of 71 and a half, I think it was, uh, and 17-14. Was that the final score, if I remember correctly? Correct, like yeah. Um, kind of a bad spot, though, to fight tooth and nail at home at night in Corvallis, then now to hit the road to take on the Utes. Yeah, this is a tough game, and I'll tell you, going to Rice-Eccles is always tough. I think this is one of the most underrated home field advantages in college football. I think it's going to be a challenge here for the Beavers going on the road. Chance Nolan's got to play better. Yep. They've got to be able to control the football because I think Cam Rising and company are pretty much a complete team. I, I don't know if I like Utah covering this game, but they win this one. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that Oregon State's going to have a lot of trouble with, um, their run defense has not been very good, yeah. and that, that front for Utah I think is going to be able to maul them pretty well. I would agree with you there. Yep. All right, we'll come back. we got plenty left to get to. Second hour uh, is on the way. we got a little bit to talk about when it comes to maybe some contest selections, you know, uh, how some strategy might evolve as the season goes along. We'll talk about that. I don't think you want to get too ahead of yourself when it comes to trying to find some contrarian plays from a contest perspective. That and more in the second hour of Eason Big Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.